Well, greetings and bless the Lord. Thanks to God. We bring you definite greetings from Triple C Podcast, as, as we like to call Resurrection Sunday, uh, April 17, 2022. Amen. So let's get ready to go into the word of God. I pray that you had a blessed transitional week, transformational week, Passover, Good Friday, and all of the things that we do celebrate under Christendom, under being Christians. Let's go into the word of God, and then we'll open with our prayer as we do, and then we will have a blessed time in Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this opportunity again on, as we like to call in the Western culture, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. We celebrate, dear God, the death of bearing the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you allow the words, as I like to say, that may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, my Lord, my strength and my redeemer. May all the listeners of the Triple C podcast be blessed in such a way that we will reap a reward of the word. Go forward and tell somebody in the name of Jesus. Bless every listening ear now in Jesus' name. Amen. Looking at Matthew chapter 28, as we like to read, I'll be reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Two passages, uh, not real lengthy, but just enough to give us the gist of the, the, the message this morning. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 9 and verses 18 through 20. And the word of God reads, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. For the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where they lay him. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hell. And they came and held by the feet and worshiped him. Now, let's move over to verses 18 through 20, and I'll kind of paraphrase the remaining of it. Verse 18 says, it, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even until the end of the world. Amen. Wow, what a powerful passage. I'm going to paraphrase that in between because I didn't want to be too lengthy in reading a novel this morning, but this podcast is titled Spread the Word. Spread the Word. Well, if you would go back and read, and I want you to, when you get time, go back and read all of Matthew chapter 28 because the storyline will be this way as they did after they had decided to go ahead and they crucified Jesus. This is the beginning of the first day of the week, which was Sunday in the Jewish custom. Saturday was the Sabbath. So in this regard, after they had did that, this is where they had had the sepulcher dug out and those guards 
that the Pharisees and Sadducees had been tasked to put a huge stone to seal it up. Why? Because they were already afraid, saying that they were going to come try to steal the body of Jesus, amen, over and while they were sleeping. So this is what had happened. When uh, Mary and Mary Magdalene went to the sepulcher, and as I just read, and the angel sat up on that stone. Did you hear what I, on that stone? Did you hear what had said? That those two guards shake and they were like dead men. They were paranoid. They were freaked out because they saw the angel. Then the angel told the women what to go do. And they were the first ones to see Jesus risen. And they had the message to run, tell that message to the other brethren, to the disciples. But here's a story in between verses 10 through 17. What at this point, those two guards had went on to tell their bosses, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, to let them know all the things that had transpired. But what they do, they offered them a lot of money to tell a lie. And the lie would be, if that story got to the governor, they were going to convince the governor that they came and stole the body of Jesus while they were sleeping. And they told them that the money that they gave them, that would cover them. The Bible says, even to this day, the reports of many still tell that story that even at the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, those guards still told that lie in between, and the angel rolled back the stone, and Jesus rose, and he had already said to his disciples before he gave up the ghost that after he would die, he would rise in what? Three days. And in three days, he did just that. Amen. So there's a few things that God gave me to tell on this Resurrection Sunday, and I pray that we understand. So as we remember the story, as we come in from Palm Sunday into the time when he had said it was the sixth to ninth hour where he had come through and they had already done all they were going to do. They had pierced him in the side. They had braided the thorns and put on his head. They had given him wine mixed with gall. They had a reed that they put in hand and they had already labeled him the king of the Jews. And at that point, when they positioned him on that cross and they had they were like railroad ties when they put the railroad ties in his wrist and the railroad ties in his ankles and they had bent his legs so that when he got ready, he couldn't hardly breathe. And when they had already done that, the Bible says they had casted lots. And when they did that, they were betting because they had told him, if you be the king of the Jews, won't you save yourself? If you didn't know, this is the same story where the two of the thieves are on the cross as well. One had said, if you be the king, save yourself and save us. The other one said, and rebuked the other thief saying, what, do you not fear God? Do you not know who you're talking to? In paraphrase, he said it this, and he just asked Jesus in that moment at Golgotha, the place of the skull, that when thou enter into thy kingdom, he said, just don't forget me. And what did Jesus tell him? This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. Jesus had to fulfill his commission from God the Father, amen, in this earthly realm of living. Why? So that you and I would do what I'm about to tell us in the last part of this uh, podcast that we should be doing, every one of us, Every day we get an opportunity and I'll go there. So when he did that, what did Jesus do? After saying that, the Bible says this was the only one instance in history, in life, 
where God had to turn his eye away from Jesus, the son. And Jesus said, Eli, Eli, lama sabbatani, in translation from the Greek and the Hebrew, which means, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why? It was the one moment in our Christian life that Jesus had to bear all the sins, past, present, and future one time for every person that would accept him as Lord and Savior. That was the time that Jesus, because the sin was so nasty and so horrific that Jesus bore it as the sacrificial lamb of God, that you and I, if we choose to believe in Jesus Christ, will one day be where? In paradise, the same place that he told the other thief that was on the cross, the one who said, we are thieves. He has done nothing. That's what Pontius Pilate did. He took on the words of the people. Barabbas, Jesus, this is the story. If you go back and read it in history, when they had said, free Barabbas, crucify Jesus. They were crucifying an innocent man. That innocent man knew his fate. He knew what had to happen. He knew that he was going to die. That was his commission. That's why he didn't live in humanity to become an elderly man in life. 33 years, God had allowed him to live that he can from birth, from Mary until the 33rd year, he knew what his life was going to be so that you and I could one day live where? In eternity, if we choose to follow the leading of the teaching of the scriptures. Amen. That's the gist of where we are. But as I look at what the author says, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, they were there at the sepulcher. Can you imagine being there? Can you imagine being a believer and all of this? And then you watch them crucify him. And then you're thinking because you are still human. This is what I want you to get out of this this morning. As a human being, there's going to be times. And as I read through the scripture, even after he had rose, there was still some that was with the disciples that doubted that it was Jesus that tells us not everybody in our human life is going to believe that Jesus Christ is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's going to be people who choose to believe that it is fiction. There's people that's going to believe that this Bible story is not real. There's people that's going to believe that there's no way a loving God would let my mama die. A loving God would let my grandmama die. A loving God would let me become sick. A loving God would let me lay flat on my back. But Jesus says, if we're going to follow him, we got to take up our cross and bear it because the world is not going to be a friend to believers. We've got to understand, children of God, that if we're going to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, we must expect to go through what? Some ridicule, go through some anguish, go through some trials, go through some tribulations, go through some problems. But that's the reason why God allowed all the things to happen, as I want to call the life cycle of your life, that God, if you said you will follow Jesus, you're going to go through a myriad of different things, not to kill you, not to destroy you, but to purpose you, to build you, to make you so that he can then resurrect you when it's time. 
Amen. So there's some things in the storyline. I'm just setting where we are. But there's three interesting concepts that God gave me to extract out of the scriptures on this morning. And I pray that you will receive it with humility and that we will learn to do better as we go forward. And then Jesus says, and I'm moving down to verse nine and 10 again. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hell. And they came and held him by the feet and worship him. Then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid, go tell my brethren. That's the first message that Jesus in command that he had given to the women to go tell the disciples, the 12 of them that, well, the 11 at that point, because Judas had already been removed at that point to get ready to go forward and do what? Tell the world that he's risen. The whole purpose of celebra the celebration of, as we call Easter under the Western culture, is that we're supposed to be celebrating the death, the burial. The burial part is what? When he was down in the earth to retrieve the keys from hell, death, and the grave, that he would rise with what? All power. When he rose with all power, that's the power that God endued upon him. So he'll be able to give us power to do certain things in his what? Name. In his name. And this is what he said. Tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. What he was doing was preparing them for what he had already prophesied about his death that had to happen. If he did not die, we will not live. What's the song that we sing? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. But had he not been born, had he not died, we, children of God, would not have what? Eternal life. We would not have the ability to be with God in glory. We would not have the purpose where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And there where I am, ye shall be also. I go to prepare in my what? Father's house are many mansions in God's house. God's umbrella of the kingdom of God is your house, is my house, is your sister's house, is your brother's house. This is the story and this is where we are. So let me just extract a few things that the good Lord gave me and then we will close down this as we call Resurrection Sunday podcast. I pray that this story is just a reminder that it's a blessing to somebody to understand this is the foundational piece of what you say your belief is in Jesus Christ. And let me just caveat by saying, we must understand that though we uh, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want everybody to know that I know without a shadow of a doubt that God in his word does not want us to get confused to think that because we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, from that point of acceptance, that we're never going to ever fall short of the glory of God, that we're never not going to not cross a T or not dot an I, that we're going to live perfectly in the human life. That is a misnomer. There's no way in our humanity that we can live a perfect life. The only perfect person, if you believe that walk the earth is Jesus Christ for 33 years, he's the only one. Why is that, children of God? It's because in your faith, you must what? Believe that Jesus Christ is the incarnated body of God made flesh that he could bear the burden, live the life, take the sacrifice, go before and deal with the sins of the world and then give up the ghost so that it can become enthroned and permanent in Christianity so that if our faith will have a place and a caveat to get to glory with God. 
Amen. So there's a few things that God gave me, and I pray that this is a blessing. And again, this is not type of three or four point kind of hoop, kind of preach kind of message, but it's a reminder of why you say you are a Christian. So the first thing that God had given me is this, and this all comes out of verses uh, 8, 18 through 20. This all comes out of verses 18 through 20. So the title of this podcast is Spread the Word. What word are you spreading? I hope that you're not testifying. As folk do, as we do in the modern church, we love to one-up each other. We love to tell and I'll tell the testimonies of what the Lord has done. I hope that that's not the story that you're trying to tell or the image that you're trying to portray. And I pray that this becomes the one that we adopt and we try to do for. Verses 18 through 20 says it this way again. This is after the soldiers had done what they did to get the lies conformed, that they can get their money and get paid off to tell a lie. Jesus said this, and Jesus came and spake unto them. Those them are his disciples that he told to meet where? In Galilee. And this is what he's saying. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's a sign for you and I that God tells us through his son, Jesus, who had just risen to tell his disciples that he now has all power. Then he says this, and this is the first point we got to do, as I just mentioned. Go ye therefore, teach all nations. Teach them what? The first thing that God says, we got to teach the people what we've learned through our study. 2 Timothy 2.15 says it this way. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed to rightly divide the word of truth. When you rightly divide the word of truth, that means you preach and practice. You practice what you preach as best we can. So the first thing is this, teach. What are you teaching? You're teaching them the sacrifices that Jesus made for every blood Wash believer. And what else are you teaching? He says, and teach all nations, not just America, not just Europe. That's teach all nations what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father. How do you baptize them in the name of the Father? That's being baptized into the belief that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Baptism symbolically is when you immerse a body under the water, the word baptizo in the Greek means to immerse. So you're baptizing your spiritual belief that Jesus Christ went down into the earth, as we call the abyss, and retrieved the keys from hell, death, and the grave. Once he retrieved the keys, why? What keys am I talking about? Do you remember the story when Jesus was with the devil in the wilderness and and the devil told him that he would give him the keys to the kingdom if he do what? Bow down and worship him. People in this earth, don't get it twisted. When they bow down, as we would say, sell their soul to the devil, the devil gives them a symbolic key to make them feel that they're gods in this life. And he has enough power to give them riches, wealth, popularity, if they've given their soul over to the devil. But that don't have for everybody. There are Christians that are rich and wealthy too. So don't get that twisted. But in this case, Jesus is saying, teach all nations doing what? Baptizing them in the name of and of the Father, and of the Holy Ghost. Why? At this point, Jesus, Jesus had already said, if I do not go, he will not come. 
Who is the he? The he is the third person of the Trinity. Now Jesus is now in his glorified state. He's about to fulfill the rest of this commission. He's going to go sit at the right hand of God. And then he, in the form of the third person, is now still here with us. So what are we teaching him? To baptize in the name of the Father and the Holy Ghost. To do what? To observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, colon. The second thing is to do what? When you go tell, you're going to preach. Remember when I said the word preach means to exhort or to tell? Not only are you teaching people your belief, then you got to go tell somebody. You have to go evangelize. Not that you got to have a title of an evangelist, but you've got to tell somebody your testimony. You've got to tell somebody your story. You've got to tell somebody how God picked you up out of the muck and the mire. You've got to tell somebody that God delivered you. You've got to tell somebody that you know that you was a sinner, but now you're saved by grace. You've got to tell somebody that you know that you were on your way destined to be in the pit of the abyss with the enemy when his time comes, but yet because you chose to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then now you realize you now have a straight path to get to glory with God. Amen. That's what you're telling people. What are you telling them? We call it the good news. You're telling people the good news, the good news of the glorious power that Jesus told his disciples. I've got all power. What am I telling them? I'm telling them that he's got all power to do what? To heal. He's got all power to deliver. He's got all power to tell somebody. You're going to what? Confess. To confess means to speak. If you're going to speak on it, speak on that. Speak on what the Lord has done. Speak on all the positive, speak on the blessings, speak on the deliverance, speak on the joy, speak on the faith. Let me drop some in your spirit for just a minute while I'm coming by your street. There's enough anger, hatred, deception, ridicule, malice, envy, strife in this life for a lifetime. There's enough angry people. Have you ever been around anybody that's never just happy? They always upset. They always miserable. They always miserable. And we've said that misery loves company. Have you ever been around people? They never have a good day. They never have a joyful day. They never have a peaceful day. There's people in this life. I pray, child of God, you are not one of those. I pray that you're not just a happy hour Christian. I pray that you're not the only one when you're in the midst of the worship that you can give God the praise. But when you're out of the, the worship arena, when you're out of the worship atmosphere, then you resort back to being uh, not so positive, not so upbeat, not so joyful, not so thankful. You're always frustrated. You're always angry. God has said this. God has delivered us, child of God. We've got so much to be thankful for. We've got so much to not be broke, busted, and can't be trusted. We've got so much to tell somebody what does say the Lord, what God has done. You got to tell them, and then you got to tell them that they can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, what does that mean? To baptize in the Holy Ghost means that you give up more of you to receive more of him. That means that you decrease that the presence of God increase. 
And so that when you say, baby, my cup runneth over, your cup is running over with what? I pray that it's not running over with your attitude. I pray that it's not running over with your ego. I pray that it's not running over with you. I got and you don't have. I pray that it's not running over with the big I and the little you. I pray that what it's running over with is running over with joy. I pray that it's running over with the fruit of God's spirit. I pray that it's running over with peace. I pray that it's running over with a joy that the world can't give and that the world can't take away. I pray that it's running over because you've been what washed in the blood of the lamb. Oh, I hope I'm helping somebody along the way this morning. Just as an Easter resurrection, Good Friday, Palm Sunday reminder that he died so that you, child of God, don't have to worry about the building. The building, you are the church building. You're the mobile building with 10 fingers and 10 toes. You're the one that could go tell somebody, I'll get ready to close this morning by saying this. The, sec the first thing is to teach. Teach them what God who and who God is. The second thing, preach about the good news of Jesus Christ. If you want to run tell something, run tell that, that he's alive. Because he lived, I can face tomorrow. If you're going to run tell something, run tell somebody. If you don't know him, you can get to know him. If you're going to run tell something, run tell him. I know a man who can save a man. If you're going to run tell, run tell somebody. I've been delivered from out of the muck and the mire. If you're going to run tell, run tell him who God is. The last thing is this. The first thing is to teach. The second thing is to preach. And the last thing in conclusion is to testify. What does testify mean? To testify is to tell of what God has done for you for whatever that story is. If you've been flat on your back on the bed of affliction and God saw fit that wasn't time for your life to expire, you should have an innate joy about you that no matter what you face, that no matter what you go through, that no matter what you deal with, when you slow down and think and you get your calibration and when you get your bearings, as we like to call it, when you slap your own self and realize, why am I so traumatized about what I see in life? Why am I so messed up? Because there's messy Marvins and negative Normans and negative Nancys in life. Why am I so twisted? Because people don't want to have the same kind of work ethic that I have? Why am I so upset because folk don't want to come and go to work? Why am I so upset because so many things? Why am I so upset because I see all this catastrophe and all this mayhem and all of this calamity and all of this confusion that's around me in life? I remember what the preacher said. It's not necessarily what's going on around me. It's what's going on inside of me. Let me testify. I realize, child of God, as I close this morning, he says in verse 20, in conclusion, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world, the world in which we live in. What am I trying to tell you? Child of God, if you believe that God is the saving God that he is, if you believe that God is the one that delivered you from out of your sickness, if you believe that God is the one, as the old saints would say, he's given me a joy that the world can't give. 
It's a joy that the world can't take away. It's him. I'm going to testify this. I know it was the blood. It's the blood that keeps me. It's the blood that washes me. It's the blood that makes me whiter than snow. If it had not been for the blood of Jesus, oh, where, oh, where would I be? If it had not been for the saving power and the washing of the blood of the water of his word, where would I be? It's nothing but the blood that gives me power. Power to do what? It gives me power to stand against the trials of life. It gives me power to stand up against my enemy. It gives me power to stand in the midst of a decrepit day. It gives me power to lift up my hands toward glory and tell the devil no and to rebuke the devil. It gives me power to rebuke to tell the devil, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm tired of your shenanigans. I'm tired of your foolishness. It gives me power to stand against a wicked world. It gives me power to stand up against the wild one. It gives me power to believe that God is able. It's what? It's the blood. If it wasn't for the blood of Jesus Christ, where or oh where would I be? I pray that you understand it's the blood of Jesus that washes us. It's the blood that never loses power. You have a new blood now. It's a blood transfusion from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You've been connected to the power source. You've been connected to the one who shed the blood, the sacrificial lamb, that it can wash away the sins of the world. I'm talking about a blood that can make you whiter than snow. I'm talking about a blood that will make you better. I'm talking about a blood that'll make you stronger. I'm talking about a blood that'll wash your negative mind. I'm talking about a blood that will give you peace. I'm talking about a blood that will give you joy. I'm talking about a blood that's never staining, but a blood washing. I'm talking about a blood that the devil can never give you. Don't buy that fake blood. Don't buy that fake anointing call. Don't buy that fake vial of blood. You've got the power source in you. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the one who was, who is, and is to come. He's coming back for a church of believers. So as we close out with Triple C Podcast on this Resurrection Sunday, we thank you for the time to listen, download, listen, and share. I pray as Sister Shirley Caesar takes us out today, we're going to believe through prayer that God, we thank you for the opportunity now in the blood of Jesus that we can come forward and know that you're the one, you're the reason, you're the one who did it above and beyond that we can ask. We thank you now to the next podcast. This is Triple C and Tony signing off. Until we come back again, be blessed and walk this week and believe that there is power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.